Today's shear should be a schos l'rfu for Bela Yenta Bas Mariam Fega. So we have been taking a journey through the history of the Siddur. We've been highlighting different time periods and what contributed to the fact that on your typical bookcase in your local shul, you will see many different Siddurim. So the last thing we mentioned was the concept of, of Kabbalah being brought into Halacha, by the Magen Avram and some of the other Paiskim, as well as being brought into the Siddur of our, of, our, of our everyday davening, many works of Kabbalah were incorporated, tefillos that are that originated from Kabbalah. We spoke about Kabbalah Shabbos, on the Bekayach. So the question is, was this accepted? So the truth is, the Magen Avram, which is the authoritative Paisik, the one of the Noisei Kalim on Shulchan Aruch brings the Ariza and the Zayar numerous times throughout his Pirish. And for the most part, what he brings is accepted in typical uh, circles, that we do accept many parts of Kabbalah. The Yakis do not typically incorporate the Kabbalistic works into their Siddurim. However, certain things made it and became the norm. The early Hasidim were definitely uh, into the Kabbalah, and they... They learned a lot of the a lot of the Kabbalah works. They tried to incorporate many parts of Kabbalah into their everyday life. So definitely, they embraced the additions of the Arizal and Rav Chaim Vital and many of the other, even the early uh, Hasidic Ashkenaz into their Siddur. There was even one of the Litvisha, the Yisoid Vesharish Havoida, also quotes the Zayar at length many times throughout his Sefer. So this definitely had a tremendous influence in our Siddur. However, the Gra. Didn't they didn't feel that it was proper to add Kabbalah into the Siddur. There are many things. If you go through the Maisa Rav, that was written by the Gruaz Talmidim about what he did. So there are many things that he was against, specifically adding, even though he was a tremendous Makubal, he, he, he understood the works of Kabbalah very well. He wrote Svarim on it. However, he didn't feel that this was for the Hamaynam. Additionally, he felt that we should not be adding to the Siddur. Now, his first taina, that Kabbalah should not be for the Hamaynam, for, for everyday people, so this also was a general dispute amongst the Misnagdim against the Hasidim in the, in the 18th century. So we'll save it for a different time. But that definitely did not help the Machlekes between the Hasidim and the, uh, and the Misnagdim. So if we fast forward in our, in our history, well, now we're going back a little bit before the Graz time, there was a, something called the Vad Gimel Aratzis. Many people know it as the Vad Arba Aratzis, which took place a little later, where you had different countries getting together, making what we would call like some type of Agudas Harabonim. And they, they asked someone whose name was of Shabsai Seifer to, to publish a Siddur. And they felt there were many mistakes in the previous publications of Siddurim. So he was charged with putting out a Siddur. So there, he actually got Haskama from many of the Gedolim in, in that time, the Shlach Kadosh, the Marsha, the Tfua Shar, the Kliyakar, the Megala Amukais, and it was considered the uh, Siddur that we would use. However, this wasn't printed for many, many years, so we lost this Siddur. I think recently someone found it and, and printed it again, but we would be missing 400 years of Minhagim and different things that were added over the years. Okay, so that's one Tkufa in history. You fast forward a little bit, another 100, 200 years. So there were, we would call them the Bali Dikduk. That basically, you had many people. Some were actually involved, ended up being involved in Haskalah and biblical uh, study uh, against Yiddishkeit. But there were those that, were, that would look at the Dikduk, how to pronounce words. And the question, and they started writing Siddurim. And the question was, do we accept 
anyone's siddur, even if they themselves do not live lives of, of Yerush Shemayim, of Taradik. That, that was a question in general. But let's focus on what ended up happening. This is the, I would say, the highlight. If, if one is into controversy, so a few hundred years ago, there were two uh, Rabbanim from Vilna, Rab- Azriel and Rabbi Leo from Vilna. They wrote a siddur called the Siddur Derech Siyach Hasadeh. So, with this siddur, they felt this was going to be the siddur, and everybody accepted it, basically. There was one person, an individual, who did not accept it. His name was Zalman Hena. He was a tremendous genius when it came to dikduk, and he felt that every single word that we have in the siddur must come from a word in Tanakh. So he had many chedushim trying to attach words that were just found in the siddur to words in Tanakh. He wrote a sefer on dikduk called Binyan Shloimai, and he had his own tefillah called, called Beis Tefillah, I'm sorry, called the Shari Tvila. That was his own Siddur that uh, that he printed. And he so first of all, he was against Rabbi Zeriel and Rabbi Leo of Vilna. He was much younger than them, and he also spoke sharply against many of the Gedoli Rishonim, the Benezra, the Radak, the Vudraham, the Barbanel. So that didn't help, uh, you know, push his case along, and. Many, many later, Achroinim, the Nadi Behuda, the Yaivitz, spoke harshly against him. And even though he actually wrote a, an apology in the later printings of his farm, he was never really accepted as a tzaddik, as someone who was a, a great person. So it, it kind of, this, his character was colored, and therefore he wasn't as accepted as he probably would have been had he debated in a more respectful way. Uh, so again, he, he, he found many mistakes, mostly in Dikduk in the earlier printing, so he printed his own siddur. So the Yaivitz came along of Yaakov Amdin, who was just a few years younger than him, and he wrote the, the, uh, against Rav Zalman Hena. He actually printed his Sefer uh, Siddur, which we call the Beis Yaakov Siddur. Now today's classic Beis Yaakov Siddur that you see isn't exactly what Rav Yaakov Emden daven. First of all, they print Beis Yaakov Siddur in Nusach Svard. Rav Yaakov Emden did not daven Svard, he daven Nusach Ashkenaz. That's number one. Additionally, they, some things were added that aren't part of the original Beis Yaakov Siddur. But either way, he wrote the Beis Yaakov Siddur, and there were many things that that are that are debated between Rav Zalman Hena Siddur and the Yaivet Siddur. Now, if you take out your Siddur today, you, your classic you know, art school Siddur or the like, you'll have both of their opinions incorporated. So just to go through some of the examples where they, where they debated. So there's a discussion how to pronounce the word Sha'a of a time. And of time, Sha'a, right? Sha'achas. So do you, when, when you're saying Sha'as uh, Rachamim, is it Sha'as Rachamim? Or is it Sha'as Rachamim? Or Baruchay Olamim, or Baruchay Olamim. Sha'ako Niyeh Bedvari, Sha'ako Niyeh Bedvari. Tis Barech Tzirenu, Tis Barech Tzirenu, right? Uh, we have Bari Priya Hagefen, or Bari Priya Hagofen. Or you have your Litvisha says Yiskadil, Yiskadesh. That was Machlekes between Rav Yaakov Emden. And the and the Rav Zalman Hena is it Yiskadel Yiskadesh or is it Yiskadal Yiskadash? Do we say Lahalik Ner Shel Shabbos and probably Lahalik Ner Shel Chanukah as well was also debated. So all these things ended up being debated rigor, uh, uh, tremendously between the Rav Zalman Hena and the Yavids. Again, I'm just highlighting some of the Machlokes in Indikduk. So this wasn't exactly a debate regarding Hasidus or Kabbalah. It was just a debate in Dikduk, how to set up words. There was another Machlokes, if words in Aramaic, if that requires Dikduk. Let's say, Yiskadal uh, v'Yiskadash, right? So that's the, the way people say it. But if you would think about it, it should be Yiskadal v'Yiskadash. That would be the way you would read it if it was in, in, in Ivrit, in Hebrew. So when when you think about Aramaic, is there dinim, are there laws of Dikduk when it comes to 
Aramaic, or perhaps when you're saying Kaddish, say it however you want, there would be no laws of, of, of Diktok. Now, the, the, the problem with this, or the challenge with this, is that, you know, we think that perhaps there's like some safer of Diktok, which goes back, that's not really true. The Rishonim, they just try to figure out from Tanakh how words are supposed to be set up and pronouncing it and, and, and arranging rules of Diktok. It's not like we have this Messiah, Halach Lamoshim Messina, how to pronounce words. So therefore, these things lead to controversy. So so you had two Siddurim, the Yaivitz, and you had the Siddur of Rav Zalman Hena. And again, both of these uh, uh, schools of thought have been incorporated. If you look at our Siddur, we probably are not consistent. We probably say some of the Birchus HaShachar, like Razam and Henna, who says to say it in present tense, and then we say other parts, like Rav Yaakov Emden. So it's interesting. And if you fast forward, there was a Siddur uh, written by the Vayetar Yitzhak. He was a maskil. He did not, uh, he was not a uh, observant Jew, but he was a scholarly uh, personality. And he wrote many uh, works, you know, uh, on, on biblical studies and the like. He also ha- wrote, had a tremendous uh, contribution to, to Dik Dok and to how we view the Siddur. He's quoted by the uh, Shari Tshuva brings him in Hilcha Shavuos. I think the Prima Godin brings, it, brings him as well. So it's interesting that they would bring their works, even though they weren't necessarily uh, considered Sadiqim or even uh, observant Jews for that matter. So this is really the the overall discussion regarding the origin of our Siddur. What I want to do next week is discuss how this plays out practically. So we're going to just do one more piece of the history, which I would call the Hasidim, where many of the Hasidim switched from davening Nusach Ashkenaz to Nusach Svar or Nusach Harizal, what became Lubavitch. And the question is, can a person switch from one Nusach to the other Nusach? Why, in fact, did they do that? What was wrong with, the, with their Nusach Ashkenaz? Why, what, what changed? The Bashantov came, so now you should start davening Nusach Svard. And how come many people still to today, even though they're not really Hasidish, but they'll still daven Nusach Svard? question is, can a person switch? Let's say you move to a new community, a yeshiva community, and they only daven, have one minion there. And it's Nusach Ashkenaz. Should a person switch? They, they always dive in Nusach Svar their entire life. Should they switch to Ashkenaz? Or the, or the, or the opposite. Let's say someone married into a Hasidish family. They move to a, to a Hasidish, uh, or, or even just a Nusach Svar type of minion, a community that has one minion. So, so is a person required to switch? Or no, do we say, Davin, whatever you Davin, would there be a difference between your personal Shemun Esri and Davin for the Yomad? So Mertz Hashem will get to all those halachas. So I just wanted to bring this week, again, we focused a lot on the history and not really halachalamaisa, but I felt that it was important, first of all, at least, you know, once, once in your lifetime, just to see that where our siddur comes from and all the different minhagim and, and uh, variations of the siddur. So you see it comes from many years of debates, of lack of, of, uh, of Messiah necessarily, I mean, dar dar on a specific siddur. And uh, from highlighting that, we could see how the Zman you have many Siddurim, and we'll get to Halacha Lamaisa next week of how a person, what, what you should dive in, what you should skip, changing the Schais. So, Mirza Shem will get to that next week.